Amen. Good job, guys. <laughs> we stand, we rise. I love this drama. We had a, in Ocean City, we had a great time. And today we're going to share a little bit. The students going to come up here and share a little bit of what the Lord was doing while we went to Ocean City. We want to say thank you to the church for their prayers. The ladies came out and they prayed for us. And I know you guys kept that in your prayers. Um, they were saying, be careful out there. There's fires. There's going on. A lot of stuff. There was people raising up, you know. That's normal. But God's power was bigger. And God still did his thing, like I said. He still came through. He still touched people's life. And it was amazing. So I want to have Jade and Faith. They're actually one of our first-year students. They're going to come and share. And then we're going to have also Steve. He's being around here as he's been helping us with the video, the media. So he was able to come if you just come and stand here. And they're just going to share back to back what the Lord did in Ocean City in their life. And here's Jay with you guys. Hello, everyone. So before I went to Ocean City, I was, I basically had a bad attitude about everything. I grew up in a home where being angry was the normal thing. So there was days where I was angry over literally nothing. But when I got to Ocean City, I was just over being angry. The whole ride up, I sat in the van that wasn't going to be loud because I knew I wasn't going to be able to handle that. But Tuesday night came, and this our focus this last week was demolition. So I told God I was over being angry. I didn't want to deal with it anymore. And I took the first step surrendering that. And that whole rest of the week, I was joyful. I was being able to round people without being irritated. And I was having fun doing the dramas, which I didn't think I was going to, and I really enjoyed it. But as soon as I got home last night, Satan tried to attack me, and I fell into a lot of anger called my mom up crying. I'm like, I don't want to be angry. I said, I'm over it. I said, I gave it already gave it to God. And she goes, Satan's going to attack you. You took that first step. So I, I'm dealing with it. I'm in the process of doing that. And I, by the end of the day, I know that God's got me. And I know that he's going to help me through the victory of dealing with this. And um, this morning, I remembered the verse, Romans 12, 2, which says, Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a newer person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So I'm letting God transform me into a new person. So I'm not angry because being angry is a behavior and custom of this world. So I'm letting him transform me into a new person, and I'm hel he's helping me change my thoughts and to think positive. So that was my testimony for this week. Sorry. Um, my name's Faith, and just want to share a little bit what God did in Ocean City. Sorry. Um, the 22nd, it was Tuesday. Um, So um, I was praying that day. I was really angry, and um, it's been a constant thing where I'm trying to, like, want to hear God, and it's just like, God, where are you? Like, I don't know where you are, and, like, I try to read the Bible, and 
I made that step in coming to Masters, you know, just to try to learn more and more about God. And it was um, Jacob and Joseph were talking, and they were just saying something about how, like, you're always going to feel stuck or something, and, like, this hurt is so normal to you because this is all you've known and stuff. And when he said that, I really broke down and, you know, and then I was talking to God and I was saying, God, I don't know what to do. You, I know you're real and I know you exist, but I just, I don't know what you have planned for me. And he was, um, I told God that I want to surrender and I want to make that step in giving you everything because I'm tired of being broken. I'm tired of hurting. I'm tired of being angry. So just have someone pray for me because I can't do this alone. I don't know how to do it. Just have someone pray for me. And then I think it was Jacob. He said, okay, we're going to have Joely and them pray for you guys. And Joely uh, started praying for the girls and she got to Hannah and the other Hannah. And then at that point, the enemy was really attacking me. He was like, okay, no one's praying for you. They're going to forget about you. You're, you're nothing, you know. You're unworthy. Just all these lies that I've heard my whole life. And finally, Joelle got to me, and I completely broke down. And she was holding me, and as she was holding me, I, she's just like, think of as God is holding you. So that whole time Joelle was holding me, I was just thinking that God was holding me and just praying and saying, Lord, I can't do this, I can't do this, I give you everything, because I don't, I don't want it, I don't want it anymore. And she was scratching up my back as if she was pulling the roots out of me, as if God was ripping those roots out of me that were so deep in my life. And I gave him my mom, I gave him my dad, I gave him my siblings, because me worrying and me thinking all these things is not going to help anything. It's not going to make the situation better because God has it all and he has a plan and he has a purpose. And I was talking to my sister this morning and I was like, yo, I don't know what to say. And I don't, I don't, this verse is really getting to me. And she said, um, Isaiah 43, 19, for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make the pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And after hearing that, it's just, it's hard. It's hard. And I'm not going to say giving your heart to God is easy because the enemy, like Jade was saying, he's attacking, he's attacking. And I just finally let those strongholds let go and give it all to God on September 22nd that night. So, thank you all. What's going on, everybody? So I got the. I was blessed to be able to go there and just do video for everybody. You know, I was behind the camera, but as I was behind the camera, I could just see the spirit move and to see the spirit of God just working in, in all these students' lives and everyone else around them as well. Um, right now, I'm going through a pretty tough divorce in my life. Um, and, you know, like some of the students were saying, 
the enemy was attacking, and he was attacking me as well. Um, as I was there, first few days, I got a text message um, from some people back home about the situation, and um, it made it pretty tough. But you know what? There was plenty of times as I was going through the beginning of the divorce that I would hear things, and it would just be tough, and it would take me a long time to get out of it. But as I heard this as I was there, I could just see the Spirit of God moving. And just like that, I got out of it. I didn't stay in the depression. I didn't stay in the anxiety because of 2 Timothy 1.7. The Lord does not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And the Spirit of God is in me, and he's in every one of you. And whenever anxiety or depression or anything attacks, don't accept it because you have the Spirit of God in you. He is there, and you don't accept anxiety. So just like that, I was out of it. And like Pastor Connie always says to me, choose joy, Steve. And in my midst of everything that's going around, every day I woke up and I chose joy, and I was so happy on the trip. And it's been a long time since I've been truly joyful and happy. And, I, and these guys can testify to it. I was crazy. <laughs> but... Um, uh, just being there was, was so great, seeing, you know, like the students were talking about Tuesday night, God was just wrecking everybody. The Spirit of God was just moving and moving and moving. And as we would have our services upstairs, it was like the upper room as the Spirit of God was moving in every one of their lives. And it was just so great to see. And on the boardwalk, as we were doing work, you know, the last day I was there, I went up, talked to this couple that was next to me. And they're just like, I was just like, hey, can I pray for you guys? And they're like, yeah, we've been going through a really tough time. You know, we're, we're Christians. We believe in God, but the devils have been attacking me. And, and, and the wife's like, I was sitting in my bed for three days because I'm sick. And it was, took me forever to just get out of bed, and I'm here today. And I told them, listen, you are here for such a time as this. God doesn't make mistakes. And I began to pray healing and blessings over their lives and they were just so blessed by it. And then another couple who was a youth pastor um, and his wife and his kids were there. Um, I was just talking to her and she's just like, yeah, you know, we're in ministry, but it's also tough as well. And just being here and seeing you guys has just been such a blessing. So it was just great to see the blessing in the students' lives and everyone else around them. So, you know, the Lord does not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Anytime you have anxiety, say that and declare it, just like Jesus did when the devil tried to attack him. And you know what? The devil fleed. So just remember that. You're up, bud. Amen. As you could hear, just from some of the testimonies, it's just the time that we've had in Ocean City. And God was moving. God was speaking not only on the boardwalk, but also in each one of our lives, too. And as I was just, just thinking about, God, what do you have uh, for us today? And um, it's the same word I feel like God was speaking to me all week. And it's the word obedience. See, we had to obey the uh, word of the Lord to go to Ocean City. But not just when we were there, we had to obey. It took courage, it took faith to go out onto the boardwalk, especially during all the times, you know, how people are going to receive it. You know, they're going to let us pray for them. Are they going to receive what they had, uh, for, we had to say to them? And it took obedience for each one of us to get up and stand 
out on there and proclaim the love of Jesus. And with that, it's not just for Ocean City. It's not just for if you're a missionary. It's not just for another country. It's for you and I here where we're at. It's for Asheboro. It's for North Carolina. But it, take, it starts with you being obedient to the word that God has spoken to you and proclaiming the love of Jesus. We can't live in fear. We can't live in doubt and anxiety and all these things that are holding us back from proclaiming what God has called us to do. But we must rise up. We must take that stand and to be obedient to the word of God. And I'll share in 1 John chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. But the love of God will be perfected within the one who obeys God's word. We can be sure that we've truly come to live in intimacy with God, not just by saying, not just by our words, proclaiming or knowing what we should do and what we shouldn't do. It doesn't go in until we put that into action. Just saying, I am intimate with God but by walking with the footsteps of Jesus, by being led by the Holy Spirit. God, who do you have for me in my life to talk to, to pray for? And then just not knowing it, but then acting it out. Okay, God, I might be scared. I might be fearful. I might not know the words to say, but it's not by my might or by my power, but by your Spirit. So Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, guide me. Let me walk in your obedience to you. And I just want to share one more verse with you in 1 John 3, 18. Beloved children, our love can't be an abstract theory we only talk about, but a way of life demonstrated through our loving deeds. We know that the truth lives within us because we demonstrate love in action, which will reassure our hearts in his presence. So God's not just asking us to hear his word, but he's asking us to love in action, just as he loved, just as he sent his son to die on the cross for us, for our sins, so that we may have eternal life, but also that we can share that same love with those around us, without, with those of, in the world that's hurting, because they were hurting people in Ocean City. They were hurting people on that boardwalk as we were talking. You could see in their face, they, you could hear in their voice, they were shouting things and they were screaming at us. They're like, oh, we don't need that. But there's people in your lives that need to hear the love of God, hear the word of God, but it's up to you to walk in obedience and live love in action. God is good, man. And all the time. It's funny because now there's like this ginsy, um, they call it ways to say God is good. You guys are going to laugh, but this is the way they say nowadays. God is dope. And then they say amen. And then we say it all the time. And then the reply, God is dope. I was, I was like, okay. <laughs> That's the new way we say it. All righty then. So God is good, right? And it's pretty funny. And, but he's good. He's dope. He's good. And he's there to do so much. And like they say, um, you heard all those testimonies. And yeah, you heard a lot of the stuff the Lord did in their life. But it wasn't because of what the Lord did in their life that they were able to go out in the boardwalk. They were able to go and present the gospel. Then they were able to speak. They were able to tell people, listen, they were afraid to speak because I don't feel that I had that encounter yet. I don't feel that I have given up. At the moment, the Lord just did what he needed to do. 
they were able to speak. And today, I want, if you notice the shirt, it says committed. That's our themes for this year, committed. And the Lord gave it to me um, when we were going through COVID and all these different things. I pray, I say, Lord, we need a theme for this year. And I start seeing all these different things that's going against the church. Everything that's going against the church. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, I'm raising a generation that it needs to be committed. That it's not anymore wishy-washy. That they are 100% in with the Lord. This quitting mentality that is going up. Oh, I don't like it. It's done. I just don't want. It's too hard. I just can't do it. It needs to stop in the church. I need them to be 100% committed to me. And I was like, Lord, that's, yeah, I got it. And then I went and I was, right, I was, remember, I was reading, Ma- sorry, <laughs> I was reading Matthew and I was like, okay, and the Lord keep on putting in my brain Galatians 1.10. And I'm like, okay, Matthew, I'll get there later. And then he said, Galatians 1.10. I said, but I'm reading this chapter. When I finish reading the chapter, I'm going to go there because one thing has nothing to do with the other one. But you know what? The Lord always knows better than we do. Amen? <laughs> so I said, okay, what is it? I know what it says. That was the verse you used to speak to me once. I get it. I understand this. So I want you guys to go with me there. Galatians 1.10. And I said, all right, let me read it, Lord. And he say, am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men if I were still trying to please men, I will not be a servant of Christ. So Father God, I pray that you bless this word. Just just bless it and speak to our life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So when I read that, I was like, okay, I get it. I understand. The first time you spoke to me, you were actually challenging me with a question. Are you about to leave your career for me or not? Are you going to try to please your parents or are you going to please me? I understood what that meant for me, but what are you trying to say right now? And then he said, yeah, this is what I need. I need people to just pay attention to what I need to say, what I feel about the situation, not about what the media feel about the situation, about what all the people are speaking, all this blah, 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 blah in the air. But listen to me. And sometimes we want to be so right with the world and so wrong with God. Sometimes we want to... I, 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 I don't want to offend this person, but they're really doing something wrong. They're not even acting like Christians. Look at how they're speaking. Look at the words they're using. Look at what their actions are saying. But if I say something, they're going to think I'm a legalist. And I don't love them, whatever. No. So I need to just go with them, make sure that they feel okay, and then they can be okay. So while we're doing that, we're pleasing men. We're being okay with them. And the Lord is here saying, what did I call you to do? I call you to say in love, I love you, but honey, this is not right. I love you, but we need to be in or out. We cannot have a fit in the church and the other one in the world. That's not how it's supposed to be. We need to be a hundred in. And that thing kept on going into my heart. And I say, Lord, what are you saying? And I was in the boardwalk. And this is my little part of the testimony of the boardwalk. I got, there's a saying in Spanish, like, um, it says, like, you got 
a Christian holy anger, <laughs> but it's not real. But I was in the boardwalk, and this lady comes. I saw how God moved, and I love him because it's like actually remind me of the passion the Lord has in my heart to speak to people. Sometimes I get so much caught up in the office doing stuff, but when I get the chance to go out there and actually be the one evangelizing and praying for people, I say, this is why. I say, yes. It just brings me back to life. So I was there holding my sign. My son said, do you need rest? Come to Jesus. And people go like, huh? Heck yeah, we all need rest. And then just keep on walking. I say, let's pray. I don't pray for anything. I say, oh, sorry. That's why you need the rest. You need Jesus. And you know, so it's like all those different things coming at me. Is that suddenly we're doing a drama. The girls share the testimony. And they said, and Jesus did it for me. And Jesus did it for me. Then we go and we finish and I preach. And then she said, yeah. And then I finish. And the Lord directed me to her. And I said, can I speak to you? Can I pray for you? And she was like, yeah, but honestly, why do you need prayer for? I said, I don't know what you need prayer for. I pray for whatever you need. And she's like, but can he really? I said, can he really what? He can do anything. I said, what do you need? I said, well, I've been sick. But why would Jesus do something when a surgeon can fix it? Why would I bother him with that? Why could Jesus do something when the doctor can do it? So why would I even pray about it? I say, do you know that Jesus did everything for us? I say, you know, I really don't believe that. I say, okay. So then it took me by surprise. I say, so you are, so you know the Lord. You have Jesus in your heart. Oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Everybody is a Christian. Okay, we all say, right? I say, so you are a Christian. But you don't think that Jesus did anything for you. How about him coming from, the, from heaven, dying on the cross for you? You see, that story, um, I don't know. I was like, <laughs> and I'm like, so you believe the story? Because that's the first thing. If you don't believe that Jesus came, that he's the son of God. So are you sure we're Christian? And you know, and she's like... Well, you see, I know God is a God Almighty, but for him to come and really do that, like really, I felt like I was in a ski guy's type of skit. Like I couldn't believe that was happening. And I was like, okay, so how can I tell you this? There's the thing. Jesus is the son of God. You believe that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? That son of God came to the world to die to save you. And you know what? Not only to save you, but to heal you. Heal me? And this is when I really, you have no idea how many churches I've been to looking for a healer. And I have not found it. And I was like, what do you mean? Yeah, you know, I even searched in Google, healers. <laughs> she literally put healers. And she couldn't find nobody. And I was like, you know that if you believe in God, the same God that raised God, the same spirit lives in you. So we can pray for you right now. Can you? Is that even possible? Then I started thinking, we are committed. We are the church. That, and for us, it's so normal. We are blessed church. We pray for healing. We pray for this thing. But there's churches out there that they don't even mention that. And I got like irritated. That's why I say it was a whole irritation because I, I feel embarrassed. Because like, we are the church. 
We need to be committed. We need to be, oh no, we want to be secret sensitive. We don't want to talk about the Holy Spirit. We don't want to speak in tongues. We don't want to heal him because what if they don't get healed? Then we're going to look back. So it's about us looking back or it's about giving glory to the Lord. The fact that this lady came and said, I've been through all my, the churches in my town and I've been in there and nobody has prayed for my need. It hurt me. I almost started crying, but you know, I was like, what do you mean nobody prayed? Also, maybe they did the calling, the salvation. I'm trying to help the church here, you know. Maybe this is what happened. Maybe what happened was, and I'm trying to like give an idea. And she was like, no, not that. I literally waited to see if they were going to ask for prayer because I went there, but nothing happened. And I was like, Jesus, forgive us. Just forgive us. Because we're saying we are the church. We're living in a time that essential is a thing. Okay? For some people, it's toilet paper. <laughs> For some other people, are masks. You name it, they have their own essentials. Okay? It's like, this is my essential. I need this. And they're getting crazy with it. But you and I, we are essentials. Have we realized that? We are the church of Christ. We are essentials. You know, the essential worker, you know, it's so funny because Hollywood, they thought they had everything. They're not essential, okay? All the media, they're not essential. You know who are the essential? The people in Walmart, okay? The people that never nobody pay attention to, they're the essential. So you know what? We're the Christian. A lot of people have overlooked us. And had not even paid attention to who, were, who really we are. And we are the essential. We have the truth. We have the life. But we need to be committed. We cannot go out there and represent Christ when we're going to try to bless and please men. Not during this hour. This hour, Jesus is coming. And I'm convinced of that more than ever. This is not when I was a little girl and say Jesus is coming and you saw it like Jesus is coming. They've been hearing that for so much long. But Jesus is coming now. And it's time for us to take a stand. Young people that you're here. I'm going to talk to you for a second. It is time for us to take it serious. We have no time to play around. We have no time to be playing church. There's no more playing around, guys. Jesus is coming, and he's going to pick who are his. We cannot get entertained with the things of the world. We cannot entertain with the things that maybe my friend, my social media. That is not important. It's time to be serious with God. And I'm going to give you with this one, I'm going to start closing. But Jesus was a perfect example. Whenever, whenever, whenever he went through something, he says in, in John, I'm, I'm sorry, in Matthew 14, it says that the disciple, um, the John's disciple, Matthew 14, 12, said, John's disciple came and took his body and buried it. And they went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard, this is 13 now, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by the boat privately to, so, to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowd followed him and on foot from the towns 
When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. And in that little passage, I, three, I see three sides of, three group of people. Three side, three people, I don't know how to call it. I was trying to put this in word last night, and I couldn't find the right way to put it. And it's like this, different people. We see the, peop, the disciple of John's. We see the people hurting. We see Jesus. Jesus was going through a lot. His cousin, he probably grew up together, just died. He had the right to take a time by himself. There was nothing wrong with that. But instead, when he saw them, he had compassion in them. He did. He was committed. He knew that his purpose in this earth was to do God's plan, was to do the Father's will, which he was to touch the people's life. And now the person that was there, their guy, the voice in the midst of the desert, John the Baptist, was dead. So they didn't have anybody. They have only Jesus. So he took that and he said, you know what? It's not time for me. It's time for me to be committed. This is what the Lord, my Father, told me to come and do, and I'm going to do it. I'm not going to look around. It's okay. God is going to deal with me. My Father knows. But this is what he called me to do. That's the first group. And then, then I see the people hurting. Like the way I saw it in Ocean City. There was a lot of people going in there saying, I'm hurt. Where is that God that you're talking about? I've been to churches and they haven't shown me that God. I've been to places and I haven't seen that. You're talking about faith. You're talking about all these different things. How can I find that? Because I don't know. What is it? I'm afraid. I'm just like the students were saying. I'm angry. I'm suffering anxiety, fear. I have all these things that supposedly Christian not supposed to have. And you're saying there's a hope? Just like those people, Jesus had that compassion. We're the church. What are we doing? And then I also see... John the Baptist disciple. They had lost the person that they were looking at. They say that they told the news to Jesus and they walk away. It, is, it doesn't say stay there. They pick up the body and they do it. And I see this group of people, sometimes I think of us being Christian and we're dealing with situation and we're stuck in the past. And this is something that I spoke to me from the book that we're reading from the staff. Sometimes we put our faith in a situation, in the bad thing that's happening, in our doubts, in the things that we cannot do. This is going wrong. This is going wrong. There's no way. And we talk about more of what happened, how wrong it went, how bad things was. And we forget to say what the Lord is doing. But God. But God. And it hurts me so much because that was the situation of many people on the boardwalk. They were not looking that there was a hope, but they were just looking. And, you know, we're talking about sowing a seed, sowing a seed and proclaiming the truth and speaking the truth. You know that we can do the same thing, but in the negative way? We can sow the negative seed. We can sow the doubt. We can sow the, I don't know, you name it. You start unforgiveness. We start sowing these things. And we say, why are we stuck in here, Lord? Where are you? Why are we declaring? Why are we sowing? Are we stuck in the past? Are we stuck in the previous thing that the Lord did? But are we afraid that it's time for us to actually have that faith and move forward? 
And God is saying, and I'm saying it because the Lord was talking to me, speaking to me. Joel, it's time to look forward. It's time to not just look at your situation. It's not time to look at anything and just start believing that what the sword was singing before that one. The giant was saying, like, you know, you are the giant. You gave me the authority. I have the authority, the son. Jesus has given me. Sometimes we forget we have that authority. And I just want to tell you, so that's what the Lord started speaking to me. I had a whole different message, and the Lord spoke to me last night. There's three groups. There's the people, maybe you are hearing online, or maybe you came here and visited today, and you are hurting. And you are in social pain, and you are in need of that Savior, Jesus Christ. And Jesus, I'm here to tell you, Jesus has compassion. He loves you. He knows your pain. He knows what you're going through. You don't need to be like not a Christian or a non-believer to say, I'm hurting and I need God to do something with me right now. It's okay. We need to be honest with God. Sometimes we want to be like, oh, I can't say that because that's not, you know, I'm a Christian. You know what? The Lord knows what we're going through. He just wants us to be vulnerable with him. He wants us in order for him to work. When we say, Lord, I can't no more. He said, finally, can do something in you. When you say, I cannot do it, yes. I've been waiting for this moment since the day you were born. And that's what the Lord wants. That's the first group. If you are going through something, and there is insanity in your life, there is struggle in your life, there is anything, I'm telling you, Jesus is able. He can do it. He's committed 100% to you. He died on the cross. The Bible says, in this world, you will have troubles. But take heart. I have overcome. So it's not like I'm not saying you're going to have a pretty, beautiful, fairy tale life. It's not happening. Because that's not even biblical. The Bible says, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome. Have faith. I've given you the victory. Have faith, I have already provide. Have faith, I have already forgiven you. Have faith, I can help you forgive. That's what the Bible is saying. That's the first group. So is that you? Just say, Lord, here it is. Here's my heart. The second group is the group that, of Christians that we sometimes get, all get there. We're so stuck. And Lord, we want to see the future. We want to see what the Lord you have for us. But this situation, just like John the Baptist's disciple, they went to Jesus and said, well, he died. We have no hope. Like, what else we have? And they start sowing into the depression, into the bad thing that is going on in life. And it's like, what's going on, God? God is saying, I'm still here. Don't give up. Don't give up. Still stay committed. Stay committed to me because I will not drop you. I will help you in the situation. I will help you move on to the next level you don't you have a hope like we say have a hope and a future for you and it's ready for you don't just get stuck in there there's so much more and this one really touched me last night when I was finishing it he said there is a group of people that are 100% in and they have been like Jesus committed they've been in the front line they have realized that they're essential. But they need a refreshment. Just like Jesus. You know what it says in, it doesn't finish there. It says in Matthew 14, 23, it says, After he has dismissed them, he went up to the mountain by himself 
to pray. Jesus did what he was supposed to do. And this is what the Lord was telling me yesterday. There's a lot of people in the church that have done what they're supposed to do. That they are committed 100% to me. And they are going. And I have seen that they have done it in spite of the situation. They have stayed standing in spite of what they're going through. They have stayed, they, they stood there no matter what because they were 100% in. And they were saying, I have a refreshment for you. I want to refresh your spirit. I want to refresh your soul. And just like Jesus, do his time to pray by himself. But that's when the Lord given the strength to go and continue doing his ministry. Because at that moment, John the Baptist was done. He knew it was on. That's when his time was ticking. You know, our time, church, is ticking. This is no joke. Like I heard in my life, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. I get it. But now, for real, Jesus is coming. We are leaving Matthew 24. It's like you read it and it looks like we are reading the news. It's straight up. So, but like church, the Lord is telling you, I see you're committed. You are committed. But I want to refresh you because you have a long way to go. You need to get ready for the battle that's about to start. You need to spend that time with me. You need to just come and talk to me. Come. I'm here to refresh you. So right there where you are, stand up. And if you need prayer for refreshment, if you want the Holy Spirit just to come, regardless of whatever, you know, I know we have the social distance and all that stuff, and we respect that. If you feel uncomfortable, amen, we support you. But if you want, we're just going to sing a song, and we're going to worship God right now for one more song, and we're going to close. But if that is you, and you say, I just need a refreshment from the Lord. I just want the Lord to just come and refresh my spirit, because I don't know about you, but I do need it. I need the Holy Spirit to come and refresh me because I want to be 100% committed. I don't want to be like this church out there that people see me and say, I cannot pray for you because I don't know how that is. I want to be able to pray and say, you know what? I believe Jesus heals you. He can restore you. He can transform you. And he did it for my life. He's going to do it for you. When I pray for that lady, you know what she said? I never felt this. You pray for me? Where can I go so somebody can pray for me? Where can I go so they say, you, you accepted Jesus. It's time for you to actually do it too. She said, I can do that? Yes, you're the church now. You're part of the church. So I want to tell you, if you're right there, you want the Lord to just refresh you. Just come to the front and let's just worship together and say, Holy Spirit, come to me. Just refresh me. I've been in the front line. I've been hurt or I've been stuck in the past. But whatever it is, I need you because I want to be 100% in. I want you, Holy Spirit, to use me. To I don't want to be an spectator, but a participator for what you're going to do this last day. I want to be 100% in, Lord, in the name of Jesus. So as they worship and sing, we just come and just pour out your heart to God, wherever you are.